Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony. Let's dive into some great music. But first, a warning. The music in this episode is a bit hot and steamy. There are a few composers out there where I have two major complaints. That they didn't write enough, and what they wrote isn't long enough. Maurice Ravel is one such composer, whose pieces are always pretty perfect, and where you always want a little bit more. I'm in the mood for some glorious orchestral technicolour, so we're going to listen to some of Ravel's ballet, Daphnis and Chloe. This is one of those pieces that orchestras love. It's really hard and rewarding to play for almost everyone involved. And it's one of the great showpieces. So many orchestras play this piece on tour because it shows off just how brilliant the band is. And conductors love it too, because nothing shows how well you can control an orchestra of a hundred musicians, like a piece that finishes with some wild abandon. Actually, Daphnis isn't a short piece that leaves you wanting more. It's almost an hour. But it's most common to hear the second of the sweets that Ravel took from the whole thing, which is pretty much the awesome last 15 or 20 minutes or so. Now you might expect this to be where all the action is, wrapping up the plot, but, well, not so much, because there doesn't seem to be all that much action in Daphnis and Chloe. Previously, Chloe ancient Greek shepherd, shepherdess, has been abducted by pirates, causing much distress to Daphnis, an ancient Greek goatherd, and he's passed out by a temple. If I read the plot correctly, Chloe is rescued by the god Pan, somewhere during the last scene change of the ballet, so not even on stage at all. I know plenty of ballet music to listen to, but I haven't seen very many. So each time I talk about one on Cacophony, I have to look up the plot. And I'm slowly realising that ballet plots are just an excuse. They're a necessary framework on which to hang the dancing. So the music from Daphnis and Chloe that we're going to hear, suite number two, starts at the final scene of the show, where these things happen. Daphnis wakes up at dawn to find that Chloe's come back. They're grateful to Pan for having rescued her, so they put on a pantomime of the story of Pan and Syrinx. And then they declare their mutual love. There's general dancing of gratitude, love. They embrace, and there's maybe a tiny bit of ecstasy. Along with learning about the storyline in my research for this episode, I discovered that it's likely that Maurice Ravel didn't go to school until he went to the Paris Music Conservatoire when he was 15. We home-educate our kids, So it's always nice to find new examples of successful people who are home-educated. And it would seem that Ravel displayed some common traits that we see among kids in the home-ed community. 
He was pretty hard to teach. Would only accept teaching on his own terms, as one writer put it. And then later, when he was a successful composer, on the few occasions he himself taught, his main focus was always to help his students find their unique individual voice. In fact, he turned down George Gershwin, whom he felt he might turn into more of a second-rate Ravel, and Gershwin would lose sight of his own great gifts. Ravel had also learned to be indifferent to praise and criticism of others, though not himself. He knew the path he wanted to follow, and was secure enough in himself to stick to it. But that self-criticism and his own high standards led to him writing very little. There are only about 60 Ravel pieces, and a good chunk of them are orchestral versions of piano pieces. Daphnis and Chloe took him three, maybe even five years to write. The show was premiered in 1912, and it's written for huge orchestra. He was meticulous in the details for each player. That's another reason why he wrote so few pieces. He really understood the range of colours you could get from different instruments, and he was totally precise about what he wanted. So we hear all these delicate layers upon layers. So even when there are loads of people playing, we hear everything that's going on, and the overall effect is overwhelming. The Daphnis and Chloe Suite opens with one of music's great sunrises, and in the dark before the dawn, we hear the murmurings of wildlife and chirpings of birds, along with these bubbling runs in the violins, woodwinds and celeste that shimmer and glitter. It's lush and languid, and in this opening it's almost like there are two sunrises really. One may be where the dawn breaks, and then another when the blazing sun finally comes over the horizon. If there's one thing I know about the Greek god Pan, and there is one thing I know about the Greek god Pan, it's that he plays pipes. Here, as Daphnis and Chloe mime out the story of Pan, Pan's pipes are represented by a solo flute, in one of the most extended and difficult orchestral solos of any piece. It's a solo that's extended in every way, so much so that Ravel calls on a piccolo to increase the range at the top, and then a rarely seen alto flute at the bottom. This is hot music, the kind where, even in the transitions, the seemingly less important moments, you can almost see the haze, feel that warm shimmer. At the end of their pantomime, Daphnis and Chloe declare their love, and there's much celebration and dancing, featuring yet more virtuosic woodwind playing. In the full ballet, Ravel insists on including a wordless chorus at key moments. They add an ethereal feel to the scenes with nymphs and gods, this is optional in the suite, 
and is almost always emitted by orchestras. It's a bit of a luxurious extra in a piece that's already expensive to put on. But I think it really adds something, namely the human element to that wild abandon of the thrilling finish. It's quite the party. Maybe it's even getting a bit steamy. What do you think? I really love Daphnis and Chloe. I hope you do too. Click on the links in the show notes and have a listen and then tell me what you think. You can use all the usual social media channels or leave a comment at cacophonyonline.com. There's also the option of leaving me a voice message. If you'd like to help out financially, there's a link for that, alongside links to this episode and the trailer, which you can share with your friends and everyone you know. Please come back for more next time. Thanks for listening.